Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. talked last Sunday night about endowments, spiritual endowments of supernatural energy. Come on now. And we know that in the book of Acts chapter 19, it says, And God wrought special miracles, special miracles by the hands of Paul, that handkerchiefs were taken from his body, placed upon the sick, and they were healed. Now you have to understand that sometimes a healing is instantaneous, but then sometimes it's a period of time as you work it out. We know that there were ten lepers that came to Jesus, and they actually said, If you are willing, we can be made whole. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. Then one came back to give thanks to the Lord, and he was totally made whole. That's what the Bible says. So the others, watch this, they were healed, but only one was made whole. What does that mean? Well, leprosy, when you have leprosy, fingers fall off, toes fall off, noses fall off, ears fall off. I mean, it's not, it's not good when body parts start falling off of you. It's just not a good thing. How long? So they were healed. It stopped the leprosy disease from spreading. And one came back to give thanks. Isn't that something interesting about getting your healing sometimes? You've got to give thanks. And the Bible says he was totally made whole. That means if he didn't have a nose, he got a nose. If he didn't have fingers, he got fingers. Amen. Totally made whole. Amen. Okay. And so we were just kind of running that. So we're going to lay hands again on prayer cloths tonight and you take them to your friends and keep them on them. Keep it on them. Don't let your relatives say, don't you take that home. It's not yours. Keep it on them. There's so many testimonies over 23 years of ministry. Here's Here's a testimony for you. A lady came... We were doing a revival service at a church. She came forward and she said, listen, can, we, can I get one of those prayer cloths? I said, absolutely. I said, what's it for? She says, for my heathen husband. I said, okay. I said, we're going to do a Jehovah Sneaky then. She said, what? A Jehovah Sneaky? I said, yeah, we're going to sneak Jesus up on him. Well, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to agree with this prayer cloth. I want you to stick it in his pillow. I said, I'll warn you. I'm going to warn you. For about a period of two weeks, you're going to be miserable. Not going to treat you right. Don't just walk in forgiveness. If the pillow ends up on the other side of the bed, you know why. So she stuck that handkerchief in, the, in I mean, like prayer cloth in that pillow. Sure enough, he was, the, he was Scrooge, the epitome of Scrooge himself, embodied in the husband. Praise God. Amen. And about two weeks later, all of a sudden, he, he was doing something, and it fell out on the floor. And he picked it up, and he started weeping uncontrollably. He said, I got to meet with the pastor. I, I got to meet with your pastor. And they met and all that kind of stuff. And he gave his heart to Jesus. And Amen. God totally brought that man back to God. Amen. Yeah. He said, Jehovah sneaky. Stick it, keep it with the person. Mail it. To, I'm, we've been getting requests for mailing. I'm, well, we'll mail it to you. We'll mail it to you. So sometimes when God begins to do something, you run with it. Can you say amen? amen. And we'll run with it as far as we will run. I mean, I'm just going to run, you know. Unless God changes something else, we're just going to keep doing it. Can you say amen? Do you know that a lot of churches don't offer this? They're, they're, remember this morning when I talked to you about don't let some of these foundational things go? Don't let them go. Don't let miracles and healings go. Don't let the baptism of the Holy Ghost go. Don't let it go. Don't let the foundation. 
right, of the Word of God. We read in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it talks about the foundations, you know, repentance of dead works, the doctrine of baptisms, right? In John chapter 14, verse 21, it says this out of the Amplified Version. It says this, The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me, and the one who ever really loves me will be loved to my Father, and I too will love him, and I will show, reveal, manifest, make myself real to him. Let him be clearly seen by him and make myself real. Now, that's the Amplified Version. So we serve an unseen God. You cannot see God. So how can a God we cannot see make himself real? Well, we know this, that God's presence is not by feelings, but it can felt. You can, feel, you can felt feel God's presence. It's the unseen. We minister the unseen. The anointing is the unseen. It's the tangible, manifested presence of God. It's the unseen that we minister to people. You can't see it. So when you lay hands, the life of God goes into an individual. You mix faith with it, which is the mixing element. Faith, then results take place. You have to believe it. It's like I was in one service, and there was a lady that had a cane. So I, made, I was making my way, and I went to go grab the cane. She shook it, shook it from me and said, no. I said, ma'am, do you believe that God does miracles? She says, yes, I do. I said, do you believe that God has a miracle for you? She said, no, I don't. I thought she just nullified her faith. She believes that God does miracles, but she doesn't believe that the God has a miracle for her. That's interesting, isn't it? Faith is the mixing factor with anything. Hebrews. Chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. With anything and everything with God, you have to mix faith. Faith is belief. People say, well, I just don't believe in miracles. Well, it's the most amazing thing when you need one, how well you believe one. Right? And not only that, if you are a person of faith, and if you are a person of miracles... Guess who they're going to call when they need a miracle? They're going to call you. Praise God. Amen. They're not going to call the guy down the street who doesn't really believe. They're going to call you. Now, isn't it interesting here? He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I, too, will love you. So it's not a question, does God love us? The question is, is do we love God? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We don't have to question. God is love. The only reason why we love is because God loved us first. Can you say amen? Amen. So the question is, do we love God? He said, we love God. We'll keep his commandments. There are more do's in the word of God than there are don'ts. Amen. It's in the doing that gets you the victory. Come on, now we walk... By faith and not by sight. We be doers of the word and not hearers only. Faith without works is dead. If we remove the supernatural out of the Bible, it just becomes another religious book. People, Dr. Jack, are you religious? I am not religious. Please do not curse me with that. I am not, I am not religious. I don't believe in rituals. It's religion. What is religion? Man's vain attempt to reach God through works. If I just say enough confessions, if I just do enough rosaries, and if I just do a lot of Hail Marys, I'll be pleasing to Almighty God. That's not true. You know what pleases God? Your faith. Faith pleases God. Just believe Him. 
Uh, you just don't understand the situation that I'm in. I, may I may not. I don't know what situation you're in. I do know this. Every answer to every situation that you'll ever face in your life is found in the Word of God. And if you get in the Word of God, this is Emmanuel. If you'll follow Emmanuel, if you just get into the manual, praise God, amen, it'll fix your bicycle. Amen. Follow the manual. I got a financial lack problem. It's in the Word. I got a relationship problem. It's in the Word. I, 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 got, a, I got a job situation. It's in the Word. I got a husband and wife situation. It's in the Word. I told you, I think I told you this, but I haven't told you this. Watch this. When Pastor Marie, when many years ago, when I was on the road full-time traveling, she did cosmetology for about 10 years. That came to a close, and she came on the road with me. And up until that point, I had my boys on the road with me. And they would carry suitcases, and they would do all kinds of stuff and all that kind of stuff. And they would help and unload and set up the book table and all this kind of stuff. And, and so when they decided, you know, Josh went to Bible college, and John went to college for a little bit and all that kind of stuff, and they were no longer on the road, Pastor Marie came on the road with me. Now, Pastor Marie, you can tell our personalities are the exact opposite. That's the reason why we compliment one another. The only time we clash is in the D quadrant. You don't want to be in the same room when the D's clash. It's the clash of the titans. She's a C-D personality. I'm an I-D personality. And when we clash, we clash in the D quadrant. But it's the D quadrant that keeps us going in the ministry. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And so she's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Introvert is, doesn't, is not, doesn't mean she's shy. Introverts are refreshed away from people. They can only stand people for so long. And then they got to intravenously introduce a room all by themselves. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. Right. And for the longest time, I'd be like, after a meeting, I'd be like, hey, let's, be, let's go in the back. Let's eat. You know, let's have a good time. And, and about 30 minutes into it, she's pulling on my coat. Come on, let's go. Let's go. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, woman, you know, we're not leaving now, you know. And then I'm thinking, all right, she's not for me. All she ever wants to do is go back to the hotel room. You know, she wants to get away, and, and it took 17 years for me to discover a marriage that she was an introvert. And once I realized that, she'd pull on my coat and say, I need to go to the room. I mean, and then I'd compromise. Okay, great, let's go. You know, like I said, I, I had my people time, and you get to have your white people time. But here's the deal. Introverts sometimes really have to be alone. So when you're in a car for 12 to 14 hours... <laughs> You're traveling from one state to another state to another state. And then when you're in a 60 by 40 room together, you're in constant supplication and intercession. I was going to tell you right now, you are. So we would get into heated fellowship a whole heck of a lot, honestly. So this one time we got into heated fellowship, right? You knew we were at home and we were in the kitchen and she went upstairs into the bedroom and I went down to the basement to the prayer room. And when she went upstairs into the room, she shut the door so gently. Praise God, amen. <laughs> and she's like, God, this man you gave me. And I'm in the prayer room. God, this woman goes all the way back to Eve. And he said, what are you talking about? She ate us out of house and home, Lord. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I didn't get an amen on that one, Andrew. 
So I'm like, she's like, I said, Lord, you got to, nine months, we're arguing like crazy. I mean, every day. Lord, i got to have an answer. Give me an answer, God. This is, I don't know what to do with the answer. I heard the this, this still small voice. Okay, here's the answer. Be loving. Oh, okay. Be kind. Oh, okay. Be gentle. I'm like, wait a minute. That sounds like the fruit of the Spirit. And he's like, well, duh. I said, how come you didn't tell me this nine months ago? He said, I told you 2,000 years ago. I was like, oh, a little thick, huh? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's the answer to the relationship problem. It's in the Word of God. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I too will love you and I will come and I will manifest myself to you. I will make myself real to you. God is not a God that's big, bad, and ugly with a big sledgehammer. Every time we mess up and make a mistake, he's not hitting us, folks. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Goodness, his goodness will lead you. It's his provision when you've been the raunchiest person and suddenly he comes through for you and you're like, oh, snap. God met my knee. I've been complaining. I've been murmuring. And all of a sudden he just like, here, I'm just going to bless you. Amen. You're blessing me? He said, yes, son, it's my goodness. Yes, daughter, it's my goodness that will bring you to repentance. Amen. I don't know. That's amazing. It's amazing. Religion has bound people, controls people. Hello? People are blaming God when it's actually the God of this world named Satan that's causing stealing, killing, and destruction. Satan, you have an enemy. His name is Satan. Lucifer, Beelzebub, the dragon, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said this, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. It's the God of this world. Now watch this, you're in this world, but you're not of it. Because when you gave your heart to Jesus, you transferred from this culture to the kingdom culture. Why am I struggling, Dr. Jack? Why am I struggling? It's what you don't know. It's the principles that we're not applying to our lives in the Word of God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, my people die for a lack of knowledge. It's what we don't know. Come on. If we know what to do is right and we don't do it, what is it? It's sin. But thank God for repentance. Because it's the love of God that draws us to repentance. It's His goodness. He'll bless you and bless you and bless you. And you're like, my God, He's so good to me. Why do I need to keep doing this? Why do I need to keep doing this? Why do I need to keep opening the door to the enemy and sinning when God is just blessing me and blessing me? And He's like, listen, I'm, I'm going to do something else for you too. I just love you. Oh, here, here's another blessing. Here, here's another pay raise. Here's another promotion. Hey, listen, I'm just going to give that to you. And you're like, dad, 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 dad. You know, you're like, daddy. And you, you find that you end up leaving What's ever binding you in the world and controlling your world because his love is over so overwhelming you. It's like Christmas every day. 
That is the total opposite of what religion says. Religion says you're a wretched sinner, you're a crawling worm, and you don't deserve any of God's goodness. You deserve hell. Sorry, Jesus already went there for me. Hallelujah. He took my pain, he took my sorrow, he took my sickness, he took my disease. He became sickness, he became disease, he became sin. He went to hell, conquered death, hell, and the grave, took the keys of death and hell, gave it to the church so that you and I can walk victorious on this life, that you and I can overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the words of our testimony, by the words of His testimony who says you are an overcomer. And that is totally the opposite what people are saying from the pulpits of America or they're talking cotton candy, cocoa puff, make me feel good, slap happy. That's right, sister, slap happy. When it's God's goodness. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I too will love you. And I will make myself real to you. Listen, if God shows up in your bank account, it'll be thick. Amen. If he shows up in your life, you'll be blessed. You'll never. Do you think Jesus lacked in his ministry? He didn't lack in his ministry. He had 12 staff members and their families to take care of. Did he not? Come on, Peter and John were professional fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. Luke was a doctor. They left all their professions. And some of them were married with kids. And he took care of them all. Nobody lacks when Jesus shows up. Nobody. Because it's his goodness. Now what do we have to do? We have to allow the word of God to work in us, to change us. Not a one of us in here are perfect. We all make mistakes, we all stumble, we all fall. The problem is this, when we stop wanting to change, that's when we get into trouble. When we stop going, that's it, I'm just going to do whatever and all that, that's when you get into trouble. No, you're working your salvation, not with fear and trembling. Righteous men and women will fall seven times, but they rise again. Just make sure when you fall and slip, you fall forward, because it's a little easier to get up with the momentum, and you just keep on walking, and you keep on working it out. Can you say amen? As long as you're in that mode, God has something to work with. But when we become stubborn and say, I don't want want to change, I don't want to do that, I'm not not going to do the word, I'm not going to, you get into trouble then. Stay out of that lane. Stay in the middle of the road. Can you say amen? Amen. So you have to allow the word of God to operate on the inside of you. Your prayer should be, Lord, change me, Lord, rearrange me, make me the man, make me the woman that you want me to be. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be the same. That puts pressure on you. (laughs) For what? Change. Change. Change can be painful, but it's very beneficial. Pain is a great grower. It'll either make you better or it'll make you bitter. Pain is a great grower. It'll make you better or it'll make you bitter but change is beneficial even if it hurts sometimes it hurts 
I don't want to change. Well, then be miserable then. That's what's happened. People don't want to change. Have you ever noticed that people that don't change, they're, they're kind of miserable? Yeah, and miserable people hang around miserable people. It's like you go to a convention with a thousand people, all the smokers find one another. Praise God. Amen. They're all, they're all outside in the corner. Hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? They found one another. Amen. 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 Yeah, misery loves company. Yeah. So somebody say change. change. Say it again. Change. Say it like you mean it. Change. Say, Lord, Lord change, change me. me. Lord, Lord change, change me. me. Lord, Lord change, change me. me. Now turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. Praise God. Amen. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. you know. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Change me. Yeah. Change is a beneficial thing, even if it's painful. Can you say Amen. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I too will love you and I will come and reveal, manifest, or make myself real to you. When Jesus makes himself real to you, you won't lack. You'll be joyful no matter what kind of storm you're going through. No matter what situation you're going through. Remember this. Your future is not in your past. If you've been reliving your past, then you are holding God's future for you. Because your future is so much brighter than your past. You can learn from your past. We know that hindsight is 2020, but don't dwell there emotionally. Don't dwell there. Don't beat yourself up. Don't let Satan, the next time Satan comes and reminds you of your past, you just need to look down and say, I'm going to remind you of your future. What you're going to do when that big angel come and gets you, puts that ball and chain around your anchor, and you're a thousand years in the bottomless pit. Don't mess with me. I'm, go, I'm going soul winning. That's it. You made me mad. I'm going soul winning. That's it. You messing with my finances? I'm giving double. What are you going, what are you going to do about that sucker? So why are you looking down? Because he's under your feet. That's the reason why. He's under your feet. Write some scriptures on the bottom of your shoes so that when you put your shoes on in the morning, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. No weapon formed against me. No weapon formed against me. Devil, read. Surely upon my sickness has carried my sorrows. Yet I did esteem him stricken and smitten of God. He was bruised by iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. And by his stripes I am and then I were. I will always be healed. So every time you put, I double dog dare somebody, you put some scripture on the bottom of your shoe. And every time you slip them things on, he's like, oh, 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 no, the light. It's in your feet. The light's in your feet. <laughs> you should do it. Who's going to do it? Okay, good. <laughs> but get a scripture. Write it on the bottom of your shoe. Well, there you go. Get it, get it tattooed. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Don't get Not even a henna. Praise God. <laughs> it's like some of y'all. Henna. 
Is that a new term for chicken? No. no. <laughs> you like that one? That's really good. <laughs> henna tattoo. Everybody know what a henna tattoo is? How many don't know what a henna tattoo is? How many could ever give a rip? Praise God. Amen. <laughs> not going, I'm not even going to tell you. Andrea, don't Google it. Stop. Stop Googling henna tattoo. <laughs> don't Google that. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I too, I will love you. And I will come and I will manifest myself to you. I will make myself real. Well, how's he going to do that? His presence. His presence. It's through his presence. It's through a, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. It's a demonstration of the unseen power of God. Most people, watch this, most people, I'd say 95% of people, maybe 90, I'll give a little bit, well, maybe 85, I'll, just, I'll be gracious, 80%, I'll be even more gracious, 75% of people, 75%, they love the preaching of the word, love it, they're cool with it, great oration, great talking, just words of eloquence, superior words of man's wisdom, they love it. But then if the preacher goes to demonstrating power, people start to panic. When there's a display of God's glory, people start to panic. It's been 2,000 years. Why do people panic today when the joy of the Lord shows up? Why do people panic today when people fall under the power of God? Why do people panic when there's a manifestation of the glory of God upon human flesh? It's because in the churches today, it's very rarely a demonstration of the gifts of the Spirit, very rarely a demonstration of Holy Ghost power. That's the reason why. People are removing the supernatural out of the Bible. There are people that pick Christianity just to be their religion, like if they were to pick Buddhism or Hinduism or Islam. I've been to the country of Nepal. Nepal has 23 million people. The main religion in Nepal, which is on the border of China and India, is Buddhist and Hindu. In the Buddhist religion, there are more than 30 million male and female gods. This microphone is a god to a Buddhist. Your automobile that you drove here is a god to them. The podium is a god to them. They have more gods in their religion than there are days of the year. There are more festivals in their religion than there are weeks in the year. They will kill a goat, take goat's blood, sprinkle it in an engine, take streamers, decorate the car, and bow down to it. They even speak in tongues. Toyoto, Toyoto, Hyundai, Hyundai, Shandai, who drove away in my Hyundai, who shut the pecan down, pecan down, Chrysler, Chrysler. They, they, they bow down. I'm just kidding. I don't pray in tongues. I'm just kidding. But they'll bow down to the vehicle. What would convince a Buddhist to do away with all their other gods? They are open people. Because they'll make Jesus 31 million. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. They'll make him the extra 31. There's 30 million. Now they'll make him 31 million. What convinces them to do away with all their gods? Because over in that country in today, 2019, when they leave their religion... 
and give their hearts to Jesus, they get excommunicated out of their house. They'll be thrown out into the dirt street. They lose their inheritance. They are disowned by the family. We know nothing of that in America over Christianity. We don't understand that kind of persecution. So they, they take a big risk to do away with all their other gods. Let me tell you what convinces them. Manifestation. I will come and I will manifest. It's when the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised, and the supernatural comes, and the power of God is displayed, then suddenly God has now become real to them. You see, when God becomes real to you, you'll read your Bible differently. You'll go to church differently. You're serving the church. Why? Because all of a sudden, it's no longer just words on the pages of a Bible. He has now become reality to you. He's become real to you, and your whole life changes. So when you have an encounter with God, even though you have weaknesses in your life, He will help you overcome those weaknesses. It'll be His goodness. Even though you believe with all your heart He's real, and you've, been, you've, been, you've had encounter after encounter with Him, and Satan will come and tempt you in your weaknesses. He never tempts you in your strength. And sometimes you stumble and you fall, but all of a sudden God's like, I love you anyway. I love, come on, I love you anyway. Here's my manifested presence. Here's my manifested love. I love you anyway. You can do it, son. If I am for you, then who can be against you? I'm I'm your front guard. I'm your rear guard. I'll stand by your side. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I just love you, boy. I love you, daughter. I love you. I love you. That's right. Come on. And that's what the church in America needs is a manifestation of his presence. That's what the world needs. They need to see God's goodness in the midst of total chaos of people killing people, shooting people, stabbing people. They need a dose of the Holy Ghost. They need a dose of His love. And the way He's going to do it is through each and every one of you. Amen, that's right. When people look at you, do they see something different? Something different about that guy. Something different about that girl. I, I don't know what it is. I get around them, they always seem to be happy for some reason. I mean, I've seen them have their moments, but, but the majority of the time they seem to be happy. What's going on in your life? Oh, man, all hell's breaking loose in my life and everything like that. I can't pay my bills and everything. My car broke down. But hallelujah, I'm just happy. Happy as can be. God's got, God's got this, baby. I'm going to tell you right now. He never, what, 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 what? You're not in a straight jacket in the saint asylum? No, 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 I'm happy. Your favorite song is, I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a wonderful feeling. I'm happy today. That was pretty good right there. Let try that one. There's a steel beam up there, I'll just tell you right now. It's anchored to the floor. Praise God. Amen. Here's the cool thing. You may have a moment, but you're not staying there very long. Amen. You just don't stay there very long. Sometimes a moment may last a day or two or three. <laughs> but, you're not, but you're not going to camp out. You're not going to be the one with the cloud that's raining on every day. 
then suddenly you take a Prozac and then you're happy. Praise God. Amen. No, no, no. No. When the cloud's there, what do you do? I'm singing in the rain. Singing in the rain. Why? Because you know that it's a temporary affliction. It's temporary affliction. Temporary. It's only temporary. As a matter of fact, you're in a good place when you're struggling. You're in a good place when you're in the trials and tribulations. Why is that? It's just another opportunity for God to show Himself strong on your behalf. Just hang out just a little longer, baby. It's about to change. I'm telling you right now. You, you, you're right at the door. You're right at the door. The door's about to open. Listen to me. Breakthrough is true. If you just keep going, when you've done all to stand, you keep on standing. And you keep on standing. And you keep on believing. And you keep on going. I will not be defeated and I will not quit. That's what you got to do. I will not be defeated. I don't care what the doctor says. Here, let the, let the, the, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care. I don't care. Come on. Almost cussed. Praise God. Amen. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't almost cuss. I wanted to see your response. You're like. Say word. I wasn't thinking a word or anything. I just wanted to see what y'all did because if I said it, I almost cut. I wanted to see your response. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> Suck the air out of the room. Honest, I didn't almost cuss. I just said that because I'm quick-witted. Okay, praise God. It was a great opportunity to take an opportunity right there at that moment to see what your response would be. Y'all sucked the air out of the room when I just said that. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Not that I ever thought about it. Just like you. When you got caught off in traffic today. Praise God. Amen. Just like you on I-4. Everybody coming back from boat ministry. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> coming back from beach ministry. Praise God. Amen. Everybody's coming back from... Did you see the crowd, all the soul winners that went on the beach ministry today? Praise God. Amen. I mean, they were packing out I-4. It was the most amazing thing. Or mouse ministry. I'm not really sure. It's either mouse or, mouse or beast. I mean, a beach or something like that. Praise God. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Your future is bright. Because you win. We've read the end of the book. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hand. Let's just worship Him for a moment. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your Word. That you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You're forever with us. Your presence is with us. Your glory is with us. Come on, stand to your feet. Just lift your hands. Let's just worship Him. See, the Bible says lifting up holy hands. It's a form of surrender. That's the reason why we do it. People say, why are you lifting your hands? We're lifting your hands. Listen, it's a form of surrender. This is universal language. Lord, I surrender. I surrender everything to you. I cast my cares on you right now. For you care for me.
I thank you that you're passing by right now. You're passing by. You pass, you, you're like the woman with the issue of blood. I press in. Like blind Bartimaeus crying out. You hear the faintest cry. Like Zacchaeus climbing up in the tree to see Jesus. And you ate lunch in his house. Father, we thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this room right now. We thank you that your word is true. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.